So Money Episode 16, Leanne Jacobs. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Everyone. Welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. How are you enjoying the podcast, my friends? Let me know. Go on Twitter, use the hashtag So Money, uh, and let me know how you like the show. If you're not liking something, you want to see different guests, you want me to ask different kinds of questions, this show is for you. And so I've started it. We're about three weeks in, but uh, really the goal is to cater this to what you want to hear about. So your voice is important. You can go on Twitter, but you can also go to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh. That's where you can either send me a question, send me your thoughts. I read every single note and I try to respond to everything the following weekend. So So make sure to utilize that tool. All right, today we have a fantastic guest. Her name is Leanne Jacobs. She's a money and lifestyle expert based in Canada. She is the founder of Healthy Girl, and she's the author of the Amazon best-selling book, 30 Days to Wealth. Leanne has a degree in biomedical toxicology, and she's got her MBA. And together with those combined degrees, she's created an amazing career helping people pursue their vision, their passion to combine entrepreneurship, wellness, and financial independence, and particularly her focus is helping women around the globe. In fact, Leanne speaks globally on the specific strategies to design a fabulous lifestyle and has inspired crowds of over 10,000. Now, Leanne and I, we go deep in this podcast. We talk about this sort of vicious cycle uh, that some of us get caught up in of chasing the money and the powerful connections between self-esteem and self-worth. Gotta listen to this interview. I learned a lot just hearing Leanne speak, and I know you will too. So here we go. Here is Leanne Jacobs. Leanne Jacobs, welcome to So Money. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be to be part of this incredible podcast. Well, I'm honored to have you. You're doing amazing, amazing things in the new year. Tell us a little bit about some of the exciting projects that you have in in the works. Well, I've been in the entrepreneurial space for about 11 years now, and I feel that every year is almost like a layer on top of each other. Um, but when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I had this this vision of really having a global, almost like a global connection with women and money. So as I've been, you know, going through my own journey and coaching incredible women around the world, I just realized that, you know, wouldn't it be great if we were just all supporting each other on this money journey and feeling like it's okay to be vulnerable and to not be nervous about talking about it so much. So this year, I'm really excited and honored to be launching not only a book, around the really the new marketplace around money and the new global connection that's happening, especially with women, and also an online money academy to help women to really step into the driver's seat and step into their power around money, but really stay into their feminine energy. And what you were saying earlier before we got on the call was that you want to end this vicious cycle of women 
quote unquote, chasing the money, yes. right? And and to yes. get to a place of feeling more empowered and secure. Um, have you noticed this a lot in your work? Yeah. And I think for myself, it's that feeling when you wake up in the morning of, I don't know, there's just that that energy that there's a little bit of anxiety around it. Either it's because your schedule is crazy or you're, you know, I, I spent 10 years in, in corporate and it, there's that little bit of lingering stress that underlines the whole idea of money. And so now I find more and more women, especially as they're entering, you know, their 30s and 40s or they're entering motherhood, they want to have a peaceful vibe when it comes to money and they want to feel much more grounded and not anxious about the, not only the conversation about money, but about their vehicle and how they're creating it. Yes. 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 I, I support you. I back you 110%. I can't wait for your book and for your course. I know when it comes to women and money, there is this paradigm shift. Absolutely. Where we want, we want different things now when it comes to managing our money. We know how to balance a budget. We know how to make money. We know sort of a lot of the rudimentary stuff. We know how to invest more or less. But it's about kind of feeling empowered along the way and so that you can go from, you know, just getting by to really building your wealth. Yeah, and, and it's just, you know, that concept of think acting on a daily basis and living what would you do differently if you had no stress around money? Like, how would you behave and how would you contribute? And would, you know, how would your day go? Would it, it's all about, for me, it's all about flowing more and forcing less, being able to exhale around the, their money. Tell us a little bit about Leanne. I mean, your background is very unique. You're very uniquely positioned to deliver this message to the masses. You come to this world with, a lot more of a, of a diverse mindset and you come to this place with a lot of understanding of how the mind works and how behavior yes. works. So tell us a bit about your background and how you came to um, doing the great work that you're doing. Well, my first financial course didn't come until I was uh, in my mid-20s and I took a financial accounting course as part of my MBA and I realized, wow, this is the first time I'm actually learning about numbers, but it was always more corporately driven. It was always like how to take really good care of company financials. And I realized, you know, years later at about 29, when I was going through a divorce and I was, you know, responsible for a mortgage and all my bills all by myself for the first time in my life. Cause I went from, you know, living with my parents to university when you're kind of sheltered and you don't really care about money to being married. And then at about 28, 29, I'm all of a sudden, I am fully responsible for my life and my money. And for me, that was one of my greatest fears. And I was faced with that at an age where, yes, I had a great job, but it didn't, it, it didn't take away the anxiety because I was always nervous about, like, what if I can't take care of myself in two years? Like, I was always stressed. And I let that fear, um, at the same time, I made a decision that I, I was going to learn what I needed to learn to take care of my money. And I faced what I was most scared about. And for me, my big, one of my biggest fears was, I, what if I can't, I don't manage it well. And because I had that fear, I realized through most of my 20s, anything that came in, I would spend right away. Because I, I was afraid that I couldn't hold on to it and I didn't know what to do with it. So I would just get it out. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I do know that that's, you know, speaking to other women, that's really common. It's not that I'm not, I wasn't disciplined and I didn't have great work ethic, but I, I had a fear around managing money. 
So I would just spend it. And so I really didn't start facing my money. I would say my money fears until about 30. And I really, I had an incredible mentor who is a colleague of Tony Robbins. And she said, what comes to mind when I tell you that I earn over $40,000 a month? And for me, I didn't believe that was possible for me. And that was one of the days that turned my money life around because I was speaking to somebody earning that who had a similar background to me, who had gone through more crazy things than me and she was earning it. And she said, well, why, why don't you believe you can? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so that started my new journey. I can sort of relate, you know, you, you get to a point in your career where you're making a certain amount of money and you're like, and you feel like you've made it in some ways, you know, like this is because yeah. life is comfortable. You're affording the things that you want, but then you, then of course, yeah, you look around you and you think, oh, well, this person whom I know, I have just as much talent. I have just as much education. I have just as much passion. Maybe she's making 10 times more than me. And then your world opens up because you suddenly start to see what the possibilities really yes. are. Wow. Absolutely. And, you know, I think for me it was a pivotal moment because not only was I looking at um, abundance and learning how money worked and learning how to manage money, but I was really looking at my self-esteem and my self-worth and why I had put a bit of a cap on it, why I didn't feel there was infinite possibility for me from an abundance perspective. So I'm I'm really grateful that I you know went through that um, at that age because it really for my confidence it going through that divorce and going through um, facing my money fears really shifted not only my world but my my self confidence. And who was your mentor? I'm curious. I love hearing about people's mentors and and you know they just make they make the they make the difference in our lives. Yes. Well, I've had several mentors through, you know, corporate and um, uh, uh, one of my first money mentors, her name is Artemis Limpert, and uh, she worked with Tony Robbins on some of his earlier programs, Uh, and she was a really incredible mentor for me on uh, abundance and really learning about how, how those who do create wealth, how they think, and that was a really incredible. I also had... um, some time with Bob Proctor, who was a great early mentor of mine as well. And he really taught me a lot about, again, that self-worth and that expectation that wealth is on its way. And just the way they thought was 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 my greatest teacher. Well, this transi- transitions us well, say that 10 times fast, uh, <laughs> to my, my first big question of the So Money Show, which is, what is Leanne's number one financial philosophy, the philosophy, the mantra that helps to steer your decisions when it comes to money, that keeps your finances, your wealth on the right track. So I hope you don't mind if I share two. They're extremely simple, but I always find simple is always the best. The first one is one that guides me on a daily basis, and it's a little bit more trivial, but it has helped me to stay disciplined around money. And one of the things that I always, it really helps in my 20s is when I'm uh, getting, let's say I've had a little bit of an emotional day or I'm a little bit stressed. As women, we tend to, we have tendencies to have a little bit of a default where we might shop or we might, you know, we might overdo it. Uh, so one of the things that I ask myself is just, do I love it or do I like it? And if it's something that I don't 
deeply love emotionally, I don't engage in it or I don't buy it. And that's only because I found uh, when I did get in that little bit of an addictive cycle with shopping and like loving buying clothes that I never wore, I found that I didn't love what things I was consuming. And it's really consumerism on a bigger level, but I, I wasn't loving it. So I'm much more selective now. If I am going to consume or purchase something, I have to love it. And just that very simple sentence has really guided me. You know, I'll look at, well, I'd much rather buy an international property than spend my money on junk. And my husband and I are very similar. We don't like to consume stuff that's, that um, is cluttery. <laughs> so we like space around us because if you don't have space, you can't create more. A lot of times people will look at their surrounding and they're, they're dense. They're, they're dense from a physical perspective, but also emotionally they're overwhelmed. So to create their next level of abundance is going to be challenging because there's no room, there's no space. So that's my first little tip. Secondly, uh, I'm always thinking a couple years down the road when it comes to money decisions. And I find just that discipline in itself really helps because before I engage in a project or in um, a purchase, I'm always thinking, well, where do I want to be in two, three, five years? Is this decision going to move me closer to that destination or further away? So those are two things that I do regularly that I have found has really helped me out a lot. Sounds like that second one is really, it comes down to having a plan, having goals. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And writing them down. I felt like I always had goals, but the second I started writing them down every year, my world changed. No, it's like this podcast. I made a goal back in the fall of 2014 to start a daily podcast. What? And, um, <laughs> it ha- yeah. That's very it, ambitious. It, it couldn't just exist in my brain. It ha- I literally have um, pieces. I've, I've eight by 11 sheets of paper all over my office with just like diagrams of how, you know, and all the to do's and my, my wish list of guests. And you're on that wish, wish list, Leanne. And, um, and, and here we are. And it's, you know, and I, I, I completely uh, support that, that idea that you have to make it real and concrete. And if the first step is writing it down has to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's go down memory lane just a bit. Uh, you already gave us um, a, a really interesting uh, look at sort of where you came from, how you approached money and your background. So what I'm curious now to learn is what would what would you say is one financial memory, one memory from childhood or maybe more recently that really helped to shape or influence the way that you think and act with money? Well, I feel like probably – my discipline around money uh, and and making smart money decisions has come from uh, my earliest memory, which really is when I when I started my very first part time job. I think I was thirteen or fourteen, and my dad was a lawyer, my mom was in banking, and they were really practical. Like as a lawyer, my dad would never make a frivolous decision around money, and my mom made me save half of every single paycheck I made. So by the time I got to university, all that money, I mean, they, I don't think they had, um, you know, university savings accounts like parents have today back then. But by the time I started university, uh, my university was paid for. And so that was, you know, my mom helping me, but not over helping me. Because, you know, I remember there were some weeks in university where I didn't have extra money at the end of the week. And I, I didn't have anything for groceries. And she wouldn't overhelp. 
she's like, well, that's what you have saved. And it taught me to be able to stretch a dollar out. <laughs> but I find that with parents, especially a lot of times they overhelp their kids. And once their kids, they don't develop that discipline around money. And then once they are on their own, they don't thrive. And a lot of them tank. Oh, absolutely. Parents can be the worst enablers when it comes to, um, you know, children and the vicious cycle of debt that they may get into and this sort of this sense of dependency that, that children have on their parents for support. It is hard. As we know, as parents, it's hard to say, I'm only going to help you so much. Yes. As, as a parent, you want to you wanna provide the world to your children and, you know, but realistically that can really create a monster <laughs> let's yeah. be honest and and the other thing that i think i'm really blessed my parents never used words like we can't afford it or and it's not that you know they were crazy wealthy um we were middle class but they just they were cautious about the language they used and the conversation i mean they didn't we didn't our family wasn't openly talking about money which i guess i think is important so it was kind of a bit of a not talked about subject, but they didn't use um, language like scarcity language around money. And I, I think that that was really important as I developed into, you know, a, a teenager and an adult mm. um, that I, I wasn't exposed to that kind of language. And I hear that a lot. Uh, and that's one thing I'm really grateful for. And I'm conscious now that I am a mom of language yes. and how important it is. Yes, because even when you're not, directly teaching your children anything about anything. Um, they're watching, they're tuning yes. in, they're taking notes. And so um, it's good to have, always have that consciousness as much as possible. Yeah. Financial failure, Leanne. Yes. Um, we've yeah. all <laughs> experienced them and, you know, some of us experience it every day uh, to some extent. What would you say is one uh, financial failure that you learned a great deal from? Yes. And then what was the suit, like kind of the silliest, craziest, dumbest thing you ever bought? Well, I, I can easily answer both of those questions. So I find it, and, and again, it's, it's all learning. So I, I don't know that I would call it a failure, but definitely if I were to redo this process, I would do things differently. My first home uh, that I purchased on my own, I had a guy drive up and offered me, you know, a really good amount of money to buy it privately. So I had no real estate fees and I made a good amount of money profits. But again, I was in my twenties and I was in those years where I was afraid that I couldn't, I wouldn't manage it well. So the money that came in went out and I don't like, I, I did buy a car with it, but um, I don't know what happened to the rest. And that was my aha moment because <laughs> my financial planner was just like, Leanne, here's what we could have done with that money to really set you ahead. Um, I think what I did was I, you know, I paid off a credit card and I bought a car and then it was gone and I don't even know what happened to it. So that was a huge lesson to me because I realized if, you know, with a good chunk of cash flow like that, I, I didn't want, I wanted to learn what to do with it if I were to get it again. Right. Because it doesn't matter how much you make, it's how you manage the money. Yes. Yes. As we know, people can make millions and millions of dollars, <laughs> athletes uh, <laughs> yeah. or, or celebrities or lottery winners, and then lose it because they yeah. just don't know what to do with it. 
Yeah. And um, in terms of um, money, a thing that I spend money on, that I would say uh, in as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm always hungry to learn and I'm, I'm a, a lifelong student. I will overspend on learning. And I do think that it's, you know, we all leadership development is so important in books and programs and coaching. I really believe in but I do feel there is uh, that tipping point where you can overdo it. And I, you know, I invested in a course that was a ridiculous amount of money and I didn't do my homework before I didn't ask the right questions. And it was, you know, it was completely not what I needed. And I looked at it as a lesson and, you know, learned to have clarity up front and uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, to really be clear and ask a lot of questions before you're going to make a big investment, whether it's in a course or a mentor or a certification so that you don't have that uh, regret after that. Wow. Uh, I didn't, you know, I just, sometimes I tend to just jump into things because I just love to learn so much. Let's talk about so a so money moment, Leanne, a time in your life where you just really feel like, you know what, that was a financial win. It was either yeah. maybe you know, the deal that you negotiated, you paid off all your debt, you saved up to buy something big. Take us to that specific time in your life and tell us that story. So I'm going to use the last year uh, as a financial win, even though it's been one of the most challenging years for me from a personal and professional perspective, uh, my husband and I got into a, and this is a really personal story, but we got into a bit of a, a situation where we hired uh, a contractor to fund a complete reno of a home, which which was a lot. Uh, and it, we unfortunately did not select a good one, um, who left us with about $250,000 of mess to clean up and we you know even though we could have just you know called it a day got a loan and you know been in debt over it we decided to use it as our financial money challenge for the year to be able to fund it to complete it and to be able to complete 2014 with money in the bank and another property so we decided to t we took a stressful really stressful situation especially with three kids and instead of um, just calling it a day. We act, we worked really well as a team. We set our money goal for the year. And we decided to raise our frequency and, and get out of the trenches and keep our eye on our global vision mm -hmm. as a family. What was that initial conversation like? Like, take us there. I mean, because at first you probably were feeling pretty devastated, pretty, yeah. pretty um, hopeless. So what... Like, I really want to sort of be, I wanted to be a fly on the wall in that, you know, in that moment between you guys. Like, what was sort of the transitional moment where you realized, you know what, let's, let's think positive. Let's make the, let's turn this around. Well, I will say that probably having three kids made it so we didn't have an option. We had to thrive. But what we talk, I mean, we, we definitely had some days where we vented and projected and, and it wasn't pretty. But um, I would say that's really one of the things like fundamentally as a partnership and as parents, we looked at, you know, what would we teach our kids to do in a situation like this when they're older? And to be that amazing leadership example, and because we're both, um, we both are in mentorship roles to some capacity, we really looked at, you know, let's stop focusing on what we don't want and the crappy situation we're in. Um, we, we really need to create what we want and create that outcome. So um, we, what we ended up doing is just being masters of cash flow. Mm. I mean, I don't 
sometimes you look at how you did it and <laughs> we don't know, but, but we, that was the one thing we just, we, we were so disciplined and so focused as a team and every single week we put our heads together and, and we made it happen. I think that's significant. Every single week, this wasn't something that you just agreed on and then came back and revisited six months later. Like you literally worked at this as if it was a part-time job. Yeah. And we compromised. I mean, obviously our initial plans were, um, you know, to not do this. We, we, some things we budgeted, we ended up finding contractors that were less expensive, but took way longer. Um, and you know, we, we made some short-term sacrifices so that we could close the year with completion. Okay. And then we could say, okay, now let's move forward and actually create instead of just manage right, right. the situation. That's a great story. That's a really great story. Um, what about habits, Leanne? Uh, you know, with our finances, it does like, you know, the stars don't just align. You have to work yeah. at it. You have to be committed and conscious about at least a few um, things that you do in pattern. And so what, yeah. what is one financial habit that you have that uh, helps to steer your ship? I automate my money as much as possible. And I know you talk about that a lot, but the more you can automate it, um, <laughs> the less you have to deal with it or be involved in it. So from my corporation to my personal accounts, uh, I just have transactional automation so that they just money moves and gets invested without me even doing a thing. And I think that's the number one thing mm -hmm. that helps me get ahead. And secondly, I have a team. Um, I am not a big detail person, but I have a really good team together. And even before I could really afford it, I invested in a bookkeeper. That was sort of step one because I knew I needed that accountability and I wouldn't take care of doing it properly if I left it to myself. And then secondly was I hired a really great accountant and the two of them worked together. And then I brought in a financial um, planner. So I, I have a great team that keeps me accountable. Uh, and there are, and one of the things too, that is a little tip that I find helpful is I give my financial planner dates and I say on this day, I'm writing you a check for this amount to invest. And he'll call me on that day to hold me accountable. Wow. And he'll say, okay, I'm looking forward to getting my check from you. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I kind of spent that money, but I have to make it happen. Yeah. No, well, I, I agree. I, I do this thing where I, I, at the beginning of the year, I say with my accountant, we figure out how much do I, should I, and, and do I want to contribute towards retirement? How much do I want to invest this year? And you just make that goal and you don't budge. So no. you're accountable for that number. And if you overspend during the year, then, you know, the consequences that, you know, maybe um, you're, you know, that the consequence is never that you're going to budge that retirement number. My thing is like, you're just going to have to sacrifice in other ways because yeah. um, I just, I, I see too much in the headlines and, and, and in real life, people who don't have enough when they're ready to, you know, finally retire and, and maybe, you know, go into a, a new transitional period in their late 60s, 70s, and they just don't have the money. And it scares yeah. me. It's, so I'm just like, I don't care. I'm putting, <laughs> money, I'm putting that money aside. It might be painful now, but I'll thank myself in 40 years. And that's the discipline part. And the other thing that really shifted um, the way I handled money was instead of waiting till the end of the year, I tell my accountant on January 1st how much I will earn that year. So it puts me in the driver's seat and, and sometimes he'll laugh. 
but then he's impressed at the end of the year. So not only it's me saying it out loud, which keeps that commitment. And then I write it down obviously as well, but it almost creates a bit of a game on, okay, let's make this happen for the year. Yes. Yes. Incentivize. Yes. We're, we're sort of not trained to do that. We just kind of, a lot of times we, and this is what I did through my whole corporate career. You just wait till the end of the year and then you look at what you made. And it's kind of, it's not very empowering. Hmm. No, exactly. Well, Leanne, we're almost done here, but before we go, we're going to do something really fun uh, and spontaneous, which is what I like to call like the so money fill in the blanks. It's not scary. I promise. I'll start off with uh, an incomplete sentence and you'll finish it. First thing that comes to your mind. All right. Yes. If I won the lottery tomorrow, say a hundred million dollars, the first thing I would do is. Oh my goodness. Just one thing. Yeah. Um, I think what my husband and I have talked about this. We would buy up land around the world and um, we would work on research for, you know, medicinal plants and organic farming and sustainable, um, sustainable farming. Have you ever heard of Dave Asprey? No. Oh, well, he just came out with a book called The Bulletproof um, Diet. And I asked him this question. He was on the podcast and he said that he would invest in um, improving the soil around the around the globe. And uh, to, he's all into maybe you should hook guys should hook up because he is all about sustainable living and um, green living. And he really is making a difference with his with his dollars in, in that in, on that end. So just someone to, you know. To, to look in, to, to look up. I think he, you guys have a lot of, of synergies potentially. Great. Thank you. The one thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is? I would say health and wellness and travel. Your biggest guilty pleasure, Leanne, that you probably spend too much money on, more than you're willing to admit, is? Health products. <laughs> like what, <laughs> supplements and... Supplement, I mean, my extra money, I could spend like three hours in a health food store and I just love that. It's just something I've always been addicted to trying and buying and online health products and organic product lines. I'm a bit of a junkie. Well, and you live a very healthy life. I mean, you're a Pilates and yoga instructor, clinical nutritionist, so this is part of your world. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. One thing I wish I had known about money growing up is ask for it. Mm. Especially for women, right? Just ask. We're so worried mm-hmm. about how to ask. Is it going to be, how am I going to be perceived? Um, just ask. Yeah. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because? I like to give to kids charities. And I also love to promote mentorship in any capacity, mm-hmm. especially for young kids. And finally, I'm Leanne Jacobs, and I'm so money because? Because I want to teach others to be so money. And you are. And we thank you so much, Leanne, for all the phenomenal work that you're doing and that um, you're about to embark on uh, personally and professionally. Uh, We will be looking out for you. And when your book comes out and your course is ready, please come back. Please join us again. Absolutely. And thank you so much again for having me. My absolute pleasure. Happy New Year to you and your family. And you too. Thanks once more to my fantastic guest, Leanne Jacobs. To learn more about Leanne, check out her website, leannejacobs.com. And as always, you can reach me, send me your questions, your thoughts. Go to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh. 
a window will pop up. You can type in your question and boom, it goes in my inbox and I read it. And most likely I will respond to it the following weekend on So Money, if not the following weekend, the weekend after. So stay tuned. Thanks again. I hope your day is so money. 